Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysteries and the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes as it really helps us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. I hope you enjoy it. In today's episode, we will be continuing our discussion on the history of astrology in the West with a quick look at some of the Arabic elements involved. I was a bit short of time on this episode, so unfortunately it's a little bit shorter than normal. However, hopefully it will give you some ideas of the, the main sort of themes. As we saw in our previous episode on Rome, after the fall of Rome to the Hun, um, Europe began to enter a period that's often called the Dark Ages, and practices such as astrology um, kind of go into a state of almost suspension in Europe. However, much of the learning, much of the scholarship and the study shifts to the Middle East and begins to flourish during the Arabic expansion of the 7th to 8th centuries, um, particularly in the Arabian Empire, which ranged from Middle East, China, India, France, Spain and North Africa. Astrology and lots of different mystical practices were taken up very enthusiastically by many Arab scholars during this period, particularly following the collapse of Alexandria to the Arabs in the 7th century and the founding of the Abbasid Empire in the 8th century. The second Abbasid Caliph, Al-Mansur, 754-775, founds the city of Baghdad to act as a centre of learning for the region. And he also includes in its design a library that's at the heart of the city that was known as the Beit al-Hikmah, or Storehouse of Wisdom. This library is fascinating because, although it's not the same size as the Library of Alexandria, it continued to receive texts and scholarly um, writings from his heirs, and it really provides this major impetus for Arabic translations of many of the Hellenistic texts. Arabic scholars are really meant to have um, really sort of appreciated the depth of knowledge that they, in the countries that they conquered, and they often use this to develop and understand the mathematics of, and astrology of the Greeks. And it's really good because they actually preserve many of the texts that would have been lost through the fall of Alexandria, including developing the ideas of, of Ptolemy, um, inventing the abacus, as well as developing and building various different astronomical observatories as well as the astrolabe which is a device that was used to observe the planets and the stars and it was also used to do um, navigation. So astrology really becomes a big part of the philosophy used not just for divination and prediction but also um, a way of understanding life and also with seven planetary spheres as being seen as these sort of channels of spiritual power. Some, an early translator of one of the Hellenistic texts is a man called Mashallah ibn Atari, who was an 8th century Persian Jewish astrologer, astronomer and mathematician. He originally came from Khorasan and lived in Basra during the reign of al-Mansur and al-Mamun. 
And it's this scholar who was among the first who actually introduced astrology and astronomy to Baghdad in the 8th and 9th century. Also, Saal ibn Bashir um, later influenced some of the the European um, scholars as well. One of the most important and influential scholars of this time, however, is a man called Albu Masur, who lived between 787 and 886. He was a Persian astrologer and who's thought to be one of the greatest astrological minds of the time. And he particularly worked at the Abbasid court in Baghdad. His manuals for training astrologers really deeply affected the um, intellectual world of the time. And through other translations also spread across Europe and Byzantium. Albar Masur was responsible for writing a text called the Introductorium in Astronomium that basically incorporated, expanded upon the studies of earlier scholars of Islamic, Persian, Greek and Mesopotamian origin. And it was also translated into Latin during the 12th century. And also through massive circulation had a big impact on Western scholars. And you can find a an English translation of that um, in the Great Introduction to Astrology. Albert Masur was thought to be, you know, one of the most important and powerful uh, minds of astrological thinking in the core of Baghdad. And although he he's only apparently only meant to have started studying it at the age of 47, his practical training manual became really um, influential text. It influenced many, um, many scholars of the period as also Western Europe and Byzantium. And although the text is not massively original, it is a it's a practical training manual for astrologers that profoundly influenced the the time. And it also contains an astrological theory on the nature of the moon's influence on the tides, which was a very key kind of idea during the Middle Ages. And I quote. The profession of astrology is the knowledge of what results from the movement of the stars in respect to the difference of the air of countries. The conditions of their people, the alteration of the natures, their change from one thing into another. Their composition in individual animals, plants and minerals and the knowledge of their powers in increasing and decreasing. So, for the reasons that we have mentioned, the profession of medicine is closer to the profession of astrology and more noble than the professions that we mentioned before. The doctors know of the natures of things and the general or proper powers in them from their obvious effects and changes in bodies. Then they relate everything to the nature which they found belonging to it by analogy with its obvious powers and effects on bodies and they say this is hot, this is cold, this is moist, this is dry and that the property of each thing is to do such and such. In this way, doctors know the natures of drugs and medicines and their properties and the nature of illness and diseases. Then they can tell from this what will happen and occur in each illness before the time of its occurrence. Astrologers, however, know the powers of the stars from their obvious effect on this world. And they say that the sun is hot because of what they observe in its heating. And the moon is moist because of what they observe of the power of its effect on the water of the sea and other waters. 
In the same way, they know the powers of the other stars, both wandering and fixed, by analogy with the obvious powers of their movements over this world. In this way, they can tell whatever will happen and occur in this world, and they infer from this the powers of the movements of the stars acting on and altering the natures. And that is an introduction, the great introduction to astrology by Abu Masur. Um, Abu Masur's student was Abu Said Sadin ibn Baha, and he wrote down, um, he's meant to have wrote down conversations he had with his teacher in a text called Dialogues on the Science of the Stars, uh, which also includes quite a few anecdotes concerning his teacher's activities. Um, and one of the things that he mentions in that particular text, uh, it talks about Abu Masur's observation of a comet above Venus um, and his being beaten by the people of the town because he had... Um, incorrectly foretold the destruction of a caravan and and also it talks about some of his interpretations of various horoscopes as well which is interesting so worth worth checking that out another interesting scholar of the time is a chap called al Qazimi muhammad um he was a muslim mathematician and astronomer whose major works included Hindu Arabic numerals and the concept of algebra. And these Arabic scholars, they you know, they really increased the knowledge of astronomy and added names for many new stars across the galaxy. So thing stars like Aldebaran, Altair, Betelgeuse, Regal, and Vega. They also developed um, a system of Hellenistic lots, and some of this knowledge was later adapted and used in a text written in the eleventh century. Um, that became known as the Picatrix, or the Goal of the Sages, which we've mentioned before, is uh, one of the magical grimoires. During this period, there were also some clashes, some of the astrologers conflicting with um, orthodox views of Islamic scholars. Um, and this, this is kind of something that comes up a time and a time again, and also emerges with Christianity as well, but this idea that God, the will of God can be seen in advanced um, was seen as being slightly heretical. Um, and an example of this can be seen in Avicenna's refutation against astrology that argues against the practice of astrology whilst also supporting, supporting the idea that the planets kind of act as these agents of divine causation. So he sort of supports the idea that they have an effect on man, the microcosm, but they don't uh, agree with the concept of man understanding it or controlling it because your fate is your fate. That's all we've got time for this week. As I said, it's a little bit of a shorter episode, unfortunately, because I'm a bit short of time. Um, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea. As I said, these are just little overviews. So... If um, you want to find out more, then definitely um, you know check out some of the books that I've mentioned. And in the next episode, we will be completing our um, continuing with our review on astrological history, with a discussion on the medieval and Renaissance periods, and then finally finishing up with our current time. We'd like to finish this episode with a poem by Omar Khayyam. Um, who was a Persian mathematician, astronomer and a poet 
who lived in 1048 AD in Iran. Wake for the sun who scattered into flight, the stars before him from the field of night, drives night along with them from heaven and strikes, the sultan's turret with a shaft of light. Before the phantom of false morning died, methought a voice within the tavern cried, when all the temple is prepared within, why nods the drowsy worshipper outside? And as the cock crew, those who stood before, the tavern shouted, open then the door. You know how little, while we have to stay. And once departed, may return no more. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the London Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at www.ocotlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you and good night.